We started discussing last week uh, Ezra and Nehemia. We just dealt with Ezra. Nehemia, just before we actually go through the text inside, is one of the most amazing Jewish leaders. Nehemia fortified the city of Yerushalayim, built the walls of Yerushalayim totally at his own expense. He had 150 Jewish workers working for him. They all laid at his table. He paid them wages. He didn't take one cent from communal money for anything. Nehemiah had a top government position for the Persian government. He got permission from the Persian king with authorization to build, to build the walls of Yerushalayim. And he dedicated himself for many, many years to build the walls. Nehemiah was a Jew who fought for the security of Eden. He had a whole issue with Shabbos to see that people should keep Shabbos with abuse of poor people to defend the poor. He also had them um, dealing with intermarriage. So Nehemia is an amazing Jewish leader. Now, we're going to start by going through some texts. And first of all, we find a number of places in Tanakh. We have an interesting name that Nehemia is called Hatir Shasa. Why is Nehemia called Hatir Shasa? The first place that it comes up is in Ezra, Perek Beis, Pasuk Yuralef, chapter, uh, Pasuk, it's not Yuralef, it's Samach, it's Samach, Aleph, it's a mistake. Um, it's a mistake, it should be Samach Aleph, oops. No, I couldn't fix it. But it's definitely, um, sorry, I was not able to fix it, but it's definitely Pasuk Samach Aleph. Um, and that's the first place that it's that it's mentioned, and there it says there was a story about certain Kayanim who, in the beginning of the time of the second Beis Hamikdash, were unable to prove their lineage. Certain Kayanim were un. Let's see if I can fix this back. Yeah, I shouldn't have tried to play with it now. Sorry, my apology. Um, no, messed it up. Okay. No, Rabbi, okay. just on the top of your screen, there's a little arrow that's in the circle. If you press that a few times, top. It doesn't matter. Top. Are you able to see it or you lost it? No, I can see it. Okay, I messed I up the first part of the screen. I'll just not worry about it. Anyway, yep. okay. So, in any case, why is the Chemia called Hatir Shasa? There's a possibility that there were certain Kayanim that they couldn't prove their lineage. It says in Pasuk Samach Beis, they were looking for Ksavim Amis Yachshim, the documents that will prove their lineage. They couldn't find it by Yagolim and Akuna. They were excluded from being Kayanim. Rashi goes on to say that they couldn't find their Ksav Yichas, their lineage documents, and they were not able to do Avedah in the Beis Hamikdash with the other Kayanim. And we have in Pasuk Samach Gimel, which this is what I'm looking for, is the name Hatir Shasa, which this is the first time in Tanakh that it appears. Vayoymer Hatir Shasa Lohem. Hatirshasa tells these Kayanim, they cannot eat from the holy of holies, from the karbonis, until there will be a Kayan for the Urim Betumim, a Kayan Gadol. So now, Hatirshasa tells them, which is Nehemiah, that you guys cannot eat, you cannot prove yourself to be Kayanim, you cannot eat from the Kachim of the Beis Hamikdash. The Gemara in Kiddushan says, that the things that they were doing in Babel, Duchening, and getting an Aliyah Kayan, they could still do because they had a Chazaka, but they cannot eat the Karbanis. So Rashi says, why is he called Hatir Shasa? Who Nechemya ben Chachalia? This is Nechemya. 
and our sages say, why is he called Hatir Shasa? He was allowed to drink non-Jewish wine. Generally, everybody knows you have to drink kosher wine only, and wine that's touched or belonging to a non-Jew is not allowed to be eaten, unless, drink unless it's mevushal. Nehemiah had a special permission from the sages to drink non-Jewish wine. Why? He was the cupbearer of the Persian king, and there was a rule in Persia that you had to drink the wine. Anything you served the king, you had to taste it first yourself. So they gave a special heter for Nehemiah called Hatir Shasa, permission to drink uh, non-Jewish wine. Uh, we have the Ebenezer says also Hatir Shasa, that some say that it's called that because he had a heter to drink Shtias Yayin Shalakum, there's a Rashi in Mesech the Kiddushin, Hatir Shasa, Nehemiah ben Chachalia, Kari Kain, Besefer Ezra, Nehemiah is called this, over Gemara Yerushalmi, Nimtza, it's found in Talmud Yerushalmi, in the Jerusalem Talmud, Al Shem he would give the drinks to the king. He had to first take a drink of anything he offered the king. That they should not suspect him. In case he put poison in the king's liquids, in the king's drink. So the sages, our rabbis, gave a special permission. He got a dispensation to drink non-Jewish wine. That's why he is called Hatir Shasa. Now, generally speaking, there are four main Jewish leaders in the building of the second base Hamikdash. First, we have Zerubbabel and Yehoshua Gadol come up and lead the first Aliyah of some 42,360 people who were authorized by King Kodesh. Then the building of the base Hamikdash is stopped for 18 years. Then they continue the building of the base Hamikdash. Zerubbabel and Yehoshua Koyengadol finish it is, um, the, the, in the second year of uh, Arsach Shasta, who is also known as Dor Yavash, the son of Esther and And in his day, they finished the base Hamikdash. It took four years. The year after that, Ezra comes. And 13 years after that, Nehemiah comes. That is the simple story in the Tanakh. Now, simply reading the Tanakh, there are four separate people. And later, Ezra Nehemiah. Now, however, there is a Gemara in Sanhedrin that brings an opinion that Nehemiah is the same person as Zerubbabel. And he brings over here, I think we touched on this Gemara last time, Rabbi Yechanan says, Exile is an atonement. As we have about King Yechonyah, there was a decree against him that he will be Ariri, he will never have children. He will never have success. He will never have anybody on David's throne. And then after he was exiled, he had children. He had and it's called that the mother conceived in prison that God planted this baby in the mother's womb in an unusual way because she was in a very narrow prison cell. And he, rather, was in a very narrow prison cell. And it's brought that they got through the queen to allow his wife to join in the prison cell. And then what happened was, there's a detailed medrash on this that mentions that 
over there she saw a bloodstain when they were in Israel. Yechania and his wife never kept the laws of family purity, but over here in the Babylonian prison cell, they started keeping the laws of family purity. They decided that they're not going to touch each other, and she came out of the, of the prison cell not having touched Yechania at all, and uh, the sages arranged again for her to come in, and from the second time she became pregnant, and even though there wasn't even room to lie down in that prison cell, she got pregnant standing, which was an amazing miracle. And from that came Shaltiel Zrubovel. Shaltiel, he's called Al God removes his oath. God went to the Sanhedrin to say, I made an oath that Yechonia will never have success. But now he's done Teshuvah. I want to remove this oath. And Zrubovel, he's Nizra Bebovel. And here the Gemara says, that his name is Nehemiah ben Chachaliah. So according to this Gemara, Nehemiah is the same person as Rubavel. Uh, the simple story in the Nach seems not that way, because when we have the people who went to Israel, they're counted separately. So it seems very strongly that they're separate people. The Rambam learns they're separate people. So there is these two opinions as to whether Nehemiah and Rubavel are the same person or not. Now I'd like to actually touch on today's topic, which is Nehemiah and the security crisis. The book of Nehemiah begins, Divrei Nehemiah ben Chachaliah, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Chachaliah, Vayehi b'chaydesh Kislev, it happened in the month of Kislev, Shnas Esrim, the 20th year. Uh, well, the reason the word Kislev here is written twice, it's a Kri and Ksiv, it's written one way and pronounced another way. So it was in the month of Kislev, the 20th year of King. It doesn't say exactly which 20th year, but it's the 20th year of King Arsachshasta, according to the Gemara, who, as we mentioned, is the son of Esther and Achashverosh. He is actually halachically Jewish, this Persian king, because his mother is Jewish. Nehemiah at that time was in Shushan, the Persian capital. He was an officer of the Persian king. He was his wine bearer. And he gets reports from Yerushalayim that are very bad. Hanani, a Jew comes, Hanani, one of my brothers, a fellow Jew, comes from Yerushalayim. Hanani, together with a group of Jews from Yehuda, arrive in Shushan Abira. And I ask them, Allah Yehudim Apleta. I asked him on the refuge Jews, the Jews that are left from captivity, because many Jews have been captured in Babel. And there are Jews who are still made it to Yerushalayim. And the Hanani and the group of people came, tell Nehemiah the situation in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, it's really bad. Those that are left from the captivity, it's a bad situation there. They're being disgraced. The walls of Yerushalayim are broken open. The gates have been burned. There are enemies around Yerushalayim who are causing a lot of problems. And Nehemiah hears that there's big problems in Yerushalayim. And Nehemiah is a Persian officer, and he hears that the Jews in Israel, the Jews in Yerushalayim are in trouble. Rashi tells us, Rashi says Nehemiah and Ezra are one book. The first section of it, which is 
uh, whatever number of chapters, 10 chapters of it is Ezra, it's called, and Mikan Ve'elech Kosav Nechemia Sefer Nehemia wrote the rest of this book. Actually, Nehemia wrote the previous part as well, but the previous part is the story of Zerubbabel, Yeshua Kain Gadol, Ezra, and from here he writes his own story. So the second part of the book, which is called Nehemia, actually he writes his own story. Okay. Interesting to note that for some reason, uh, even though Nehemia wrote both books, Ezra and Nehemia, only the second one is called Nehemia. Actually, until a few hundred years ago when they had the printing press, neither of them was called uh, Nehemia. There was no such book in Tanakh called Nehemia. And actually, it's brought by the Chaim Vitaldis. This is found in this Nakh, which if anybody's able to see it, this Nakh has a special mobile, a special introduction. And here it says that Reb Chaim Vital quotes from the Arizal. The Arizal told him that he was told in a dream that Nehemia is a reincarnation from the first son that Shlomo had with Asheva. And just like he died young and didn't merit to be known, Nehemia also didn't get his book named on after his name, but he's called Ezra. It's called Sefer Ezra. The Chidah brings that after Nehemiah's punishment, and we have to discuss why did Nehemiah get a punishment? He's one of the most amazing Jewish leaders ever. Why did Nehemiah get punished? So it's mentioned, which we're going to see soon, that Nehemiah got punished because he said, Remember God, all the amazing things I did. Nehemiah also says to Hashem that I did that I was in some aspects higher than all the previous Jewish leaders. Zerubbabel, Yeshua Kayin Gadol, Ezra, even Doniel, because all those people took money from the Jewish community. They all needed to live and they took wages. They took expenses. Nehemiah served the Jews for 12 years or so, whatever it was, and he never took one cent, any expenditure of building walls, military, whatever it was. He paid everything from his own pocket. He never took one cent from the communal funds of the Jewish people. And because Nehemiah said this, which the truth is that what he said was true, nevertheless, he was punished because he emphasized that he was better than the previous leaders, which in a way it was true. But nevertheless, one should not brag. And it's mentioned that for the bragging, he lost the book on his name, but it's mentioned by that this punishment was over. And that's why today, at least, we have one of the two books called Nehemiah. Anyway, uh, we have over here, it's the 20th year, but it doesn't say what. Rashi tells us this is the 20th year of King Daryavash, who's also known as our Sachshasta. In the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Rashi brings that it says Shnas Esrim twice. It says that Hanani brought a report in Kislev of the 20th year, Nehemiah got permission from the king Arsachshasta to go to Yerushalayim in the 20th year. Over there, it says clearly the name Arsachshasta. So we learn Igzeda Shava, that both are 20th year from Arsachshasta. And he says over here, this Kislev is the Kislev that comes after Tishrei. And later, the Nisan is the later Nisan. Now, why is Rashi saying this? There's a general question 
from where do we count years? There is a Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah that says, Be'echad b'nissin Rosh Hashanah that the months are counted from Nisan. Everybody will know that Nisan is known as the first month, Iyar the second month, Tishrei is the seventh, Kislev is the ninth. So if so, Nisan is before Kislev. Nisan is the first month and Kislev is the ninth. Tells us Rashi that here we're not counting the months from Nisan, but we are counting the months from Tishrei. And therefore Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev, and Kislev comes before Nisan. And Rashi goes on to say that you have to say this because a report was brought by Hanani that there's trouble in Yerushalayim and Jerusalem. And then Nehemiah gets permission from the Persian king in Nisan. So first he gets the report and then he gets permission from the king. We can't say it differently. So therefore, certainly here now, certainly here, the report of the trouble in Yerushalayim came before Nehemiah is telling the king and getting permission to go to Yerushalayim and solve the crisis. Uh, just to mention, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says that this that we count years from Nisan is only for Jewish kings. Non-Jewish kings we count from Tishrei. Now, there's a very big question in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah about this Arsach Shasta, who's a son of Achashverosh and Esther. Is he considered a Jewish king? Is he, he's a Persian king, but he's halachically Jewish. And not just he's halachically Jewish. He is the one who authorized the building of the second base Hamikdash. He gave big money for the building of the second base Hamikdash. So A, he's halachically Jewish. And second, he's a good man. He did amazing things. So therefore, there is a svara in the Gemara. There is a thought that says that we should count his months from Nisan. However, the Gemara over there concludes that in the early days of our Sachshasta, when he authorized the Beis Hamikdash, he encouraged Eretz Yisrael, he did amazing things. In the later years, we find that this Arsach Shasta went, even though he's halachically Jewish, but in his attitude to Jewish people, we find that he went down. And the Gemara brings, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah Dalit brings, that into, which we're going to quote soon inside, that there are two areas where we see that he went down. First of all, we see when Nehemiah comes to speak to him, the Pasuk is going to say, Vahashkal Yeshevas Lefonov, he had a female dog, which was his partner next to him. And he was not even embarrassed. He was quite proud that he has relations with a female dog. And the other issue is that initially he authorized the building of the base Hamikdash. And then he insisted that you got to have a significant percentage of wood in the base Hamikdash, that if he gets upset, he's able to burn it down easily. So because of all that, initially he was quite a good guy and they counted his, month, his years, according to the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, from Nisan, as we count Jewish kings, but later when he went bad, they switched it. Now, the next Rashi says about this Hanani who gave the report, one of my brothers, he's not literally a brother, the next Rashi says, I asked him about the Jews, I asked him about the refuge of the Jews left in Yerushalayim, from Babylonian captivity. And he told me that the Plata, why they called Plata refugees, because these were Jews that were saved from Babylon. 
These are the Jews that were saved from the Babylonian exile. Most of the Jews were still in Babylonian exile. There was a small number of Jews who came back to Israel. Initially, uh, 42,360. Then in the days of Ezra, another group came up. Don't know the exact numbers. Okay. And Mitzvah's David says, why do we say Nishanu? Because most of the Jews were in captivity in Babel and didn't even have authorization to go to Israel. Because even when King Kadesh gave permission for Jews to go to Israel, he withdrew the permission very quickly. Initially, many Jews went, and then he was in the city of Shushan, and he sees all the shops are closed, and he asked, what happened? Why are all these shops boarded? So they told him that all the Jews left, that the Jews owned the shops. The Jews owned the shops in Shushan Street, Swanson Street, whatever it may have been called, the main street of Shushan Abira, and therefore the shops are all closed. He heard this, he said, on this basis, I didn't want Jews to go. So he said, any Jew who already crossed the Nahar Pras, the Euphrates River, may continue on his trip. Any Jew who did not, may not continue. So he that's, okay, so most Jews were still in Babel and still in captivity. They cannot leave Babel. Now we save Al Yerushalayim, Nehemiah asked about the city of Yerushalayim, and Hanani and his group told me he asked a few questions. He asked about how are the Jews doing? How are the walls doing? If you go back to what is Hanani asked? What is um, Nehemiah asked? He says, what's going on? Uh, how are the Jews doing? And how is the city of Yerushalayim doing? So there's two questions. One is how are the Jews? And the other is how is Yerushalayim? So he answers, as it says in Perkei the first question is, how are the Jews doing? How are the Jews doing? So we go back to Pasuk Gimel. How are the Jews doing? He says, Jews are in bad shape. They're being disgraced. How is Yerushalayim doing? Also bad. The walls of Yerushalayim are broken. Gates are being burned. So Jews as a group are doing bad. And the city of Yerushalayim is doing bad. That's the answer to both questions. He says over here in Pasuk Dalit, Nehemiah says, Nehemiah is a very emotional person. He hears that there's bad news. He hears that the Jews in Yerushalayim are having problems. When I heard these words, Yoshafti, I sat down, and I cried. Nehemiah got very emotional from the bad news that he heard from Israel. I was in days in mourning. I was fasting. David says, I sat desolate a number of days. And he says, I daven now Hashem, God, the who keeps the covenant, does kindness to those who keep mitzvahs. Please listen to the prayers of your servant that I'm davening before you day and night on the Jewish people who are your servants. And I am misvada, I am confessing on the sins of the Jewish people. The Jewish people have sinned to you. I and my father's house, we have all sinned. We have caused damage. We have not kept the mitzvahs. We have not kept the chukim, the mishpatim. But remember what you told Moshe Rabbeinu. You said you will sin and I will scatter you amongst the nations. And then you will do teshuva. And you will start keeping the mitzvahs. 
when you do teshuva and you start keeping the mitzvahs, even if Jews are scattered to the end of heaven, I will bring them from there, and I will bring them, I will bring the Jews to the place that I've chosen. So you have promised that regardless of what we do, Hashem, you promise that if we do teshuva, you will bring us back to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim. And these Jews who have sinned, they are your servants. They are Amecha, your nation, that you saved with your great arm. He goes on in Yeralef, Hashem, please listen. Tfilas avdecha to this tefillah of your servant and tefillas avodecha of your servants. What is the difference between avdecha and avdecha? So Mitzudas David says avdecha uh, he refers to himself. One is going on himself. Avdecha goes on himself, and then avodecha is all the other Jews that are David. Listen to my prayers. And listen to the prayers of all the other Jews. All the Jews who want to fear Hashem. Give success to your servant on this day. And have me have mercy before this man. I am going to approach this man. This man refers to the Persian king. Yes, he's halakhically Jewish, but he's a moody fellow. And Nehemiah didn't feel he could trust him. Who knows what the guy's going to do? So please have the guy have mercy on me. I was the cupbearer. I'm one of his officers, so please, Hashem, I'm going to plead the case with the king. Please have the king have mercy on me. He goes on there here to say, Shemer Habris, the promise that you've promised, your eyes are open. You see the tears in my eyes. You see my emotion. I am confessing, Rashi brings, that I and my family have sinned. We've gone bad. And you promise that when we do Teshuvah, you bring all Jews back. And then he goes on to say, I want success. What is the success I want? I want that I'm going to ask the king permission to go to Israel and the king should help me to be, and authorize me to solve the problems in Israel. And he says, What is the success I'm requesting of Hashem? I am requesting the king should have mercy on me. The king should fulfill my request. And I, this is not me, not part of the tefillah, but he says about himself that he was the cupbearer of the king. And he explains now why he's bringing wine before the king. And we go on now the next parak. Parak Beis. It's in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of our Sachshasta. Hamelech and Yayin Lefanov, I am bringing wine before him. Vo'eso es Hayayin, and I lifted the wine. Vo'etno Hamelech, and I gave wine to the king. Ve'loi ho'yisi ra Lefanov. I generally did not, I wasn't a depressed guy. Generally, I was not a depressed guy. Rashi says that he, uh, our Sachshasta is the same as their Yavash, our, just like, um, Egyptian kings are all called Paroi. Persian kings are all called Arsak Shasta. And he brings wine before the king and he lifts up the wine. And the, uh, the person who brings the wine doesn't bring it into the king. The Saramashkin brings it into the king. And Rashi says, I usually was not a depressed guy. I was usually Kim Sameach 
Generally speaking, Nehemiah says, my personality, I'm a happy guy. And now I look really bad. So I didn't look my usual. And the Persian king said to me, why does your face look so bad? You're not sick. You must have a bad heart. I know what's going on. You're planning to cause great damage to me. And you're not sick. You're planning to kill me. I know what this face is. This face shows that you're about to poison me. And when the king suspects you're going to poison, these kind of kings, like the Persian king, they kill first and they ask questions later. So Nehemiah says, I was very frightened. This king is accusing me of planning to poison him. He sees me depressed, and it's a sign that I'm planning to poison him. And Ashi says, I got very frightened. I was frightened. Who knows what kind of libel the king. And I said to the king, the king should live forever. Why shouldn't my face look bad? The city where my fathers are buried is destroyed. Usharaha and its gates, Uhlubaish have been burned in fire. So how can I not feel down? Rashi says, Yerushalayim, where my fathers are buried. Yep. And the king says, Almatomavakish. So what is your request? And I have to, the king is considering my request. I need help. Hashem, help me. And I daven to Hashem. I said, Hashem, please help that the king should accept my request. And I said to the king, if it's good in the eyes of the king, if you see your servant is a good guy, my request is send me to the land of Yehuda, the place where my fathers are buried. I would like permission to build up Israel. I want permission to build Yerushalayim. Rashi Dalit says, what are you asking for? Uh, what are you requesting? I'll do it. And I daven that the king should accept my request. I daven that the king should accept. And I said, my request is that you should send me to Yerushalayim with authority to rebuild Yerushalayim. Pasuk Vav, and the king responds. The Shgal Rashi says, referring to the queen, according to the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, it refers to a female dog that was his partner which is why we say that King Arsach Shasta went bad. And the king says to him, Ad how long are you going to go for? Tosha, when are you coming back? I'm going to let you go, but I need a plan. How long? I don't need you to be away too long. It was good in the eyes of the king. And he sent me. I gave him a time of return. As the king is speaking to me, his wife, the queen, was there. Rashi says the shkal is Ishtay Hamalka. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says, Minolan Ahmed's. How do we know that King Deryavash or Sakshasta went bad? Because it says, Vayemeli Hamelech Vashkal Yeshevis Hetzli. And was Shkal Amarabba Barlema Mishmeder Abba. Kalbis Shkal is a female dog, which was his partner. And he's proud of having a partner, a female dog. And the king asks him, 
how long are you going to be going for? When would you like to go? When would you like to travel? I want to hear your plan. What is your departure? What is your return? And the king hears my plan by Yishlachayni, and he sent me. The king gave me permission to go. I gave him time. I gave him a return date. And the king accepts it, and it seems it was a very long trip. So Nechemi is not happy, and it's not good enough that I'm going to Israel. By And I said to the king, if it's good in the eyes of the king, please give me letters, and all the governors of Eivar I want that the governors, the officers should help me until I get to Yehuda. And so as David says, I want your scribes to give me letters to the ruler of the other side of the river that the people in Israel, the government, the Persian government in Israel should help me. And also I need for transport. It's a dangerous thing. I need people to guard me on the way. People know that Nehemiah is going to rebuild Yerushalayim. There's a lot of anti-Semites who don't want Yerushalayim to be built. There were many attempts to kill Nehemiah. We actually have in Tanakh that there were five assassination attempts on Nehemiah. Nehemiah had a lot of enemies who hated him simply because he wants to defend the security of the Jewish people. So I need, I'm in a dangerous situation just for the fact that I want to build up Yerushalayim. That's a dangerous thing to do. There's people who don't want Yerushalayim built. So I need I need people to guard me on the way. And the Igres, I should also get a Igres to Asaf Shemiras who was the person in charge of the forest, that I need a lot of wood. He's got to give me all the wood I need. I need authorization to get as much wood as we need for the walls, for the security of Yerushalayim. To make ceilings on top of the gates of the Harabayas and Lechemus here for the walls of the city. We need Eitzim. We need wood for the building of the walls. And Mitsuda says, Love by whatever I'll need for my own house. So I want authorization for all the wooden material I need. So I want the government, I come to Israel and I want to have authorization that the Persian government, the governor of Israel, should give me all the wood and supplies I need. So the king says, Yes, he gave me letters. And he goes on, this is all Kiyad. God's hand was with me good. Hashem made that I should find favor in the eyes of the king. I come to Israel and I come to the governors, the Persian governors in Israel. I gave them the letters of the king. I have officers and armies and riders. So Nehemiah comes with a whole defense group to Israel. From when I went already, or the Pachis sent, the king told the Pachis to do it, the officers to do it, and he had a whole security going with him. 
and he has Sane Chayelu Parashim to give me honor, to guard him on the way. So Nehemiah is traveling with a big defense. Now, the enemies, the anti-Semites in Israel hear that Nehemiah is coming with a whole army. The Persian government is supporting him, and they're very upset about it. And these are the chief anti-Semites in Israel. They were very upset. What kind of business is this? A Jew is coming to strengthen Israel. There's somebody coming to help the Jewish people and he has government authorization. They were very upset that there's somebody in the Persian government in our days, we had many people who were very upset that the President Trump or whoever else wanted to help Israel. Many people were very upset. How dare the, some, the Persian government authorize somebody to help Israel? He says over here in Rashi, they heard I came to help the Jewish people. They heard that I came to build the walls of Yerushalayim. They're very upset. Very upset. They were enemies. We're going to have a Gemara soon that we're going to see that generally, if a person is unpopular here, he's usually unpopular with Hashem as well. However, we're going to see that Nehemiah is an exception. Nehemiah was very unpopular. Nehemiah had a lot of enemies. First of all, all the anti-Semites were his enemies. And second of all, there were a lot of Jews who were friendly with the anti-Semites. And they chose to support the anti-Semites against the Chemia and against fortifying Eretz Yisrael, against the walls of Yerushalayim. So by it was bad in their eyes. These guys were enemies. I was there for three days. And now Nehemiah has to see that there's a major problem. Many Jews are happy with the status quo and the Jews are not concerned with the defense of Yerushalayim. It's not a priority. Nehemiah sees the situation as dangerous. Hanani saw it as dangerous, but many Jews don't get it. I was there three days. And now Nehemiah has to make a plan. How am I going to get the mass of Jews on side to fortify Yerushalayim. And Nehemiah comes up with the most unusual of plans. I was there three days. At the end of three days, I got up in the middle of the night. Nehemiah got up in the middle of the night with a couple of close friends. He got up I had the secret plan for Yerushalayim. No one knows Nehemiah's secret plan. In the middle of the night, Nehemiah leaves Yerushalayim with a select group of people with a secret plan. I got up at night, very few people with me. I did not tell any human being except for my few friends what Hashem put in my heart to do for Yerushalayim. I'm leaving with a few friends, Yerushalayim. I have no animals. I only have one animal. I'm riding on an animal. All the other friends of mine are going my foot. He says in Rashi, 
All the people who went with me, they all went by foot. I was the only one riding on an animal. They didn't want to ride on the horses. They wanted to leave the city secretly. Nobody should know. Now, what was this secret plan that Nehemiah and his friends have? They're actually going, Nehemiah and his friends surprisingly are going to damage and, and hurt the walls of Yerushalayim. To increase the openings, break the walls worse. The walls are very broken, break them worse. Now, why is the reason that Nehemiah wants to break them worse? Nehemiah wants to have a meeting tomorrow to get everybody heated up to build and fortify Yerushalayim. Many Jews couldn't care less about fortifying Yerushalayim. The fact that supposedly some anti-Semites caused damage to the wall and made some more breaches that night. So we got to deal with it. Who really made the breaches? And Nehemiah and his friends. If you go on with the story, it's quite clear. So Nehemiah and his buddies made damage to the walls. And the goal was to get the Jewish people all excited that we got to fix the walls. He goes on, I went out in the Sharagai and and I was breaking walls of Yerushalayim that were already broken. There were already places that were burned and I made it worse. He goes over here in Rashi, I went with people with me to that place and I was breaking the wall more. It was very easy to break it more. Because there had been so many fires, many places in the wall, fire was set. So the wall was in bad shape. A wall that's in bad shape is very easy to break. There were a lot of places in the wall that already had breaches. So wherever it was already broken, Nehemiah and his buddies made it worse. And I come to Shara'ayin, Brechas HaMelech, I can't get the animal through. Anyway, he goes on in Tesvav, I'm breaking more breaks in the walls. Shaver Bachayma, Vashav Avi Bashar Vashav, Bahaskonim, and the leadership of Yerushalayim, Loyodu Ono Halachti. No one knows where I went to, Moani Yaisa, what I'm doing. What is Nehemia doing? Nehemia on his midnight excursions, nobody has a clue. Nehemia is actually causing, increasing the damage to the walls and to the Yehudim and the Kainim and the Chaydim and the Skanim and all the icing Amalacha, he gets all these people to fortify Yerushalayim. And he gets this whole group of people, come on guys, build Yerushalayim. And then Nehemiah goes out at night with his buddies and they cause damage to some of the broken parts. And by this damage, they get more people motivated to fix it up. Until this moment, I didn't tell. There's actually, um, and Rashi says the Skanim in the city had no idea where I was going, no idea what I was doing until this point. The Skanim are the leaders of Yerushalayim, the Skanim from other cities in Yehuda. Nobody knew what Nehemiah and his buddies were doing. And even the people who were doing the work and everything, people who are working and building the walls by day, they have no idea that Nehemiah and his buddies go out at night to cause damage to the broken pieces, to get the workers more motivated. And he says in the Surah's David, Adkan, I didn't tell them, I thought, you have to restore to be achieved. 
and they'll build the wall. In other words, Nehemiah kept the secret temporarily. After the wall was all repaired, Nehemiah publicized, by the way, guys, I want you to know, you know why the wall kept breaking? It was me and my buddies that were breaking it. We were trying to get you guys motivated to build that wall, which they did build in record speed. And I said to them, you see that all, you see the band that we're in, Yerushalayim is destroyed, the gates are burned. Let's build the walls of Yerushalayim and not be cherko. And I said, I told him the next day, let's not be cherko, let's not be disgraced that the enemies keep coming and robbing us because they can get in. I told him how Hashem has helped me. Hashem gave me all this royal authorization. Also what the king said to me, the Hashem gave me encouragement. The king gave me encouragement. And they said, we will get up and build. And all these Jews who were building were very dedicated to do good. Rashi says, that Hashem gave me favor before the king. And generally, he got all the Jews were motivated for good. All the Jews were motivated to build, and Nehemiah gets a mass of people. He's got a small group of people going at night and doing damage, and then he's got the mass of people in Yerushalayim going by day and rectifying the walls. And now, hear what's going on. They start mocking us, and they insult us, and they say, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? Building walls of Yerushalayim. Are you guys rebelling against the Persian king? The Persian king has not authorized this. Rashi says, when the enemies heard we're building the wall, they were laughing at us. And they said, are you rebelling against the king? And I told them, and I told them, and I said, the God of heaven will give us success. And we are his servants, and we will go and build. You have no connection in Yerushalayim. You guys, the Shemroinim, the Samaritans, the Kusim, you guys have no connection to Yerushalayim. He goes on with Surah David, if you guys will tattle to the king, it's not going to help you, he says, because Hashem is going to give us success. We are Hashem's servants. We keep mitzvahs, and therefore we will build, and your words will not enter the ears of the king. There's no problem. And if you don't like what we're doing, you have no connection to Yerushalayim anyway. And the tzedakah and the chesed, the kindness that we're doing in Yerushalayim, we're helping people. The Jews have settled Yerushalayim. This has all been with authorization of the king. And it's all the cutting to Yerushalayim with the king. But you, what connection do you have to Yerushalayim? You have no chalak in Yerushalayim, no tucker, nothing. And we have now in Paragimel that El Yoshev and Gadol, they go and they build walls and we have the whole Paragimel basically goes through all the people that are building. And then Lamed Gimel, as Sanballat hears that we're building the wall, he gets very angry, starts mocking the Jews. And he says to his friends, his buddies, what are these Jews doing? What do you think the king is going to let them? And Tevio HaMaini is by him and he says, we're going to get a fox or just break it all. Hashem listened to all the way they're insulting. And we continue to build the wall. 
and the wall was ready halfway, and the people are all motivated to continue. And Perek Dalar of Nehemiah is Sanballat and Teviyah and the Arvim and the Ammonim and the Ashtoidim, all these anti-Semites here, that the walls are getting better, that the breaches are being fixed, and they're getting very angry, and they all gather together to fight Yerushalayim and to cause damage. And we daven Tashem, and we had guards day and night. We needed guards in Yerushalayim day and night. And people said to Yerushalayim, we cannot take it anymore. It's really hard. You know, we're building the walls under fire. I think just to mention an interesting thing, the Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael today <coughs> is not from the Kedusha in the days of Yeshua bin Nun, but rather it's from the Kedusha in the days of Ezra, Nehemiah, Yeshua, and one of the reasons is in the days of Shlema, they built Yerushalayim, they built the Beis HaMikdash in wonderful times. In the days of Nehemiah and Ezra, Yeshua, and Zerubbabel, they built under terrible conditions. There was Mesir's Nefesh. They were being shot at as they were built. And therefore, something that's done with more effort, more Esrusa has much greater effect. So in any case, the Jews say we cannot take it anymore. We can't, we don't have to build because of these enemies. We can't build anymore. And our enemies said they should, we, they won't know we're going to come and anybody builder will be killed. It was dangerous. Anybody who was building the walls of Yerushalayim was risking their life. And he goes on and above, the Yidim came 10 times to us from all the places and warned us about what these anti-Semites are planning to do to us. And Nehemiah has people with all sorts of weapons. And he tells the Chayim, the Skanim, the leaders of Yerushalayim, don't be afraid, just fight to protect the other Yidin. And our enemies hear that Hashem has broken their plans and that we all went back to the wall to work. And from that time on, half of the people are doing work, building, and half of them are holding weapons. And even the people who are building, in one hand they're building, in the other hand they're with weapons. And Nehemiah has a whole thing that he says that as you hear the shofar, you'll all gather together. Hashem will fight for us. And he goes on, We are working. And we have arrows from And in Pasuket Zion, he says that we never We never take off our clothing. We have to be ready 24-7 we are on call to go and guard. So they're there. Just going to do a few more little midrashim. And Shimon and Lakish says, What is the meaning? And the word Rishayim there, the ayin of the word Rishayim is tluya, it's hanging out of the line. So he says, Shimon and Lakish says, A person becomes Rosh poured down here, he becomes Rosh Lemaila. People are unpopular here, are generally unpopular by Hashem. So the Gemara asks, then why don't you have the ayin at all? Just have the word roshim. So we say, Mishum shall David. David had a lot of enemies, and David is a good person. And the other one is David and Nehemiah ben Chachalia had a lot of enemies. And despite the fact David and Nehemiah are popular with Hashem, despite their enemies, Rashi, and this Gemara brings 
and the ayin of Rishoyim is Tluya, that it's not written in the same row, but it's hanging out of the row. A person is Rosh Lemaila. No matter, he has enemies and people don't like him. He's Rosh Lemaila. Hashem also doesn't have nachos from him, but that's not always applicable. It doesn't apply by David. David was a tzaddik, even though he had a lot of enemies. And Nehemiah also had a lot of enemies. There were a lot of these kusim who wanted to kill him. And then he goes on to say that not only the kusim wanted to kill him, but there were a lot of Jews, that there were Yidin who also were siding with these kusim, with these shemroinim, and wanted to kill him. And therefore, this rule that enemies is a negative sign only applies to, does not apply to tzaddikim, does not apply, only applies to the shoyim and not to tzaddikim. Here we have all the words of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Kakalia said it. So how come the Sefer is not called Nehemiah? So we say, he mentioned credit for himself, as he says, the Gemara asked David also says, Hashem, remember me. But David is asking Hashem for Rachamim. Nehemiah is pushing the great things he did. Rav Yosef said because he spoke Bignusam Shori Shoinim. He spoke negative about the first, the earlier leaders. As it says, The leaders before me were hard on the people. And they took the Lechem, the Yayin, they took certain amounts of money. And even on Daniel, he spoke. So Nehemiah lost the name of his Sefer because he spoke about the great things that he did more than other leaders. Okay. Just to end on, um, just to mention, um, there's a Gemara Rosh Hashanah where I have a whole thing here, but we're not going to have time to deal with it, maybe a future time, that um, Rashi and most of the Mepharshi Tanakh learn that when it says the 20th year, it is the 20th year of King Arsach Shasta, which is their Yavash Hasheni. There is, however, a Taisvis in Rosh Hashanah, Shnas Esrim, who brings another opinion that this 20th year, when Nehemiah, because according to our Rashi and most of the commentaries on the Nach, Nehemiah arrives 13 years after Ezra. There is an opinion brought in Taisvis that when it says Shnas Esrim, Arsach Shasta, it's actually 20 years from when Kaidish gave authorization to build the Beis Hamikdash. And according to this, Nehemiah came before the Beis Hamikdash was finished. Taisvis argues that by the time it was 20 years after, the situation in Israel should have been good. But most Mepharshim learn, like Rashi, that it actually came 20 years into King Arsachasta, which is 14 years after they finished the building, and they still needed a lot of trouble with the walls. Just to mention that tonight is Shvat, when Moshe started translating the Torah in all 70 languages, which is the idea of spreading Torah to all countries' languages, which is the Shvat, is a to the coming of Mashiach, which is spreading Torah through the world.